Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, John Helmkamp, Matthew Betts, and Matt Okada. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. If you are watching right now on YouTube or on Periscope slash Twitter, um, you're going to notice there's an extra person on your screen. We have a special guest on the pod tonight, Derek Brown at Debro underscore FFB. Derek, what is up, man? Welcome to the show. What's going on, guys? Thank you all for having me. This is going to be a blast to uh, beautiful bearded men on the show. Um, I think we're going to rock it tonight. Yeah, we are. I, I assume you're re- referring to Okada and myself because, as you guys have seen, <laughs> I was like, uh, I've been growing this. I've been growing this. Oh, oh look at that! I see it. <laughs> Hold on, where's my magnifying glass? Hold up, <laughs> that, what? Man, my I, shadow of his nose. I was going to say, sure. I thought that was just bad lighting, but okay. <laughs> it's it, guys, it's so so bad, and I don't understand because my dad and my brother both have full beards, so I don't understand what happened. But I am like a twelve-year-old child, so here we are. We are back. We have. The two beards, we got the mustache man and Mr. Okada on your screen, and here I am. And the naked uh, mole well. And here I am. Guys, we are really, really excited about this show because we got D-Burrow on. It's going to be a good time. We have a jam-packed show to get to tonight. We have awesome content. These are the offenses we are targeting for fantasy football. No questions about it in 2020. Super excited to talk about that. Before we get into it, fellas, we got to set a, a final date for this Devontae Adams jersey giveaway. Ooh, what, sh- what should really be... Do- the deadline be are we are we thinking maybe like next monday give them the weekend to get get that entry in also let's um, let Debro decide a date between now and the end of the month that we're gonna do this thing i love wait it wait a minute wait a minute guys i got something to say oh hit me devonahay adams is number 17 oh there we go june Perfect. 17th all right there you have works. it you have 617 targets is about what he's going to get this year. So I think it works. <laughs> hey, Perfect. you have until 617 June 17th to get your entry. <laughs> in. If you're looking for ways to enter that contest, it is on the pin tweet at Richard's FF pod. Check that out there for all the details. You do not want to miss it. It is literally free. He signed it and it's free and we're giving it away. Go check that out. All right, fellas, we're going to get into a very quick news segment, and then we'll get right into our favorite offenses that we're targeting here in 2020. Fellas, another season, another running back holdout. This time it is Dalvin Cook stating that he wants a reasonable, quote-unquote, offer from the Vikings in order to attend any team activities or to to participate in training camp. Guys, what are we doing with this Vikings backfield? Let's have Okada go first here because he's the big time. Dalvin Mm. Cook is the best running back in the NFL Mm. truther. So let's uh, let's go to Okada. You know, that's funny you bring that up, John, because the first thing that came to my mind when I heard this news, I saw it pop up on my timeline was the moment that I was sitting in the screening room at the NFL Network arguing with James Jones and Mike Robinson about Dalvin Cook. And uh, one of them agreed with me, I can't remember which, that he is one of the three best running backs in the NFL. I think it's him, Christian McCaffrey, and Saquon Barkley, from a pure talent standpoint, are the top three. Now, having said that, I still don't think you should pay him like Christian McCaffrey got paid. Because, A, Christian McCaffrey brings a a level of receiving and a level to that part of the offense that currently no one else in the NFL does. And Dalvin Cook's very good at that, but not to the level McCaffrey is. So you should get paid a little less than McCaffrey. But more than that, you really shouldn't pay these guys like this anyways. Sorry, running backs. I love you. You're great, guys. You're very important. But $16 million is too much to pay a running back based off what you get from that position. So I, the more the re- most recent thing I saw was that he would be happy with 13. They initially said 10. There was initial reports he said 16. If they ended up at 13, I think that would probably be okay for everybody. And I could see that being worked out soon enough and not affecting the season too much. So I'm not overreacting too much if you're having way too early redraft drafts. In a dynasty, but John, I, I'd let you speak on that because I know you got the right opinion. That I have the right opinion about Dalvin Cook and Dynasty. 
Yeah, and and Mad- Madison and who you're buying, yeah, who you're selling. Which is th- this is not the time to run out and go buy Alexander Madison. You should have already had him, especially if you already have Dalvin Cook. Um, and I and I saw that I, I had all I saw all these tweets and all these people in my leagues scrambling for Alexander Madison when when this news came out about Dalvin Cook. I'm like, no, 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 you got this wrong. If you wanted Madison, one, you should have already had him when he was cheaper. Now all that this does is inflate his price. What you should be doing is trying to buy Dalvin Cook at the discounted rate because right now is the cheapest he's been in the last year other than like right during one of his injuries. But uh, this is probably the most discounted opportunity you're going to have at Dalvin Cook. I think there's a really good chance that Minnesota works this out for him and it ends up being a non-issue come the start of the season. So if you can get Dalvin Cook, you know, for like a later wide receiver one, someone where basically if you were doing a startup right now, Dalvin Cook's going in the middle of the first round and you might be able to get him for a player that you drafted in the second, maybe even the third. I I would do that trade straight across all day long. I'd also give up a 2021 first for him in a heartbeat, um, even Mm -hmm. if it was high. I mean, because normally it's going to take multiples to get a running back of that caliber. So if just put the feelers out, check the price on him in your league, see if you can get Dalvin Cook at a bit of a discount from a panicked owner. Uh, and that's that's probably the best way to go. Yeah, it's it's kind of a situation that, you know, in terms of what he's done on the field, in terms of his injury history, which I'll speak to you real quick, um, the dude just has no leverage. I mean, these running backs, man, like Okada said, they just don't have leverage and it's it's tough. Is he a great running back? Yes, but he struggled to stay on the field. And that shoulder, I'm sorry, is a ticking time bomb in the future. I mean, he's had multiple shoulder dislocations. We know each one increases the risk that the next one's going to happen. It's more likely despite having surgery. So it's in the, the Vikings' best interest to not pay him a, a massive amount of money. But, you know, for fantasy, when he's on the field, he's top five back, no questions asked. So mm-hmm. um, it's tough. I like. I hope these guys get their money. Yeah, I really do. But running backs, man, it's just kids. Don't be a running back. Just go be a quarterback. Be a third string quarterback. <laughs> you make way more money. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Next clip news here on the dock. Yeah, little injury update here. We got Todd Gurley, new Falcons running back, past his physical. Now, guys, I'm not really sure that this is news, so to speak. This is probably always going to happen. Um, we're going to talk about this offense, spoiler alert, here in a few minutes. So I don't want to get into too much about Gurley and the Ooh. backfield and that kind of thing. But does this change anything for you guys as far as your outlook on Gurley in 2020? Nope. Nah. Nah. All right. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Spoil it. He's dust anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Yikes. So, so Dero, you're, you're out on Gurley in 2020? I was out on Gurley last year. People should have been selling him in Dynasty, should have got whatever they had. He's in a one-year freaking contract. His knees are – I've been out here in the streets talking about it. Like, his lateral agility – the dude looks like Ben Jarvis Green Ellis running. Like, he has zero lateral agility. Like, it's just run straight, <laughs> try to run over dudes. I mean, if you look at it, all of his right. efficiency metrics, they have just fallen off the table. They have tanked. Like, it's literally – Dirt Cutter has a hard-on for dusty, horrible, like, past-the-prime running backs. And I don't know why, but it, it is what it is. The best part about that whole scenario is just Dirk Cutter not knowing the quote. Oh, yeah. Out, not knowing like what's going to happen. I don't know what, what Todd Gurley's knees look like. We'll see when he gets here. Like, uh, yeah, we've talked about it a lot on the show, so we don't need to, you know, to beat a dead horse, so to speak. But basically, the range of outcomes is massive with Todd Gurley. He could be an RB1 if the volume holds up and the knees hold up. I'm concerned about that. He could be a train wreck for fantasy. It is end of the spectrum continuum. But more on that coming soon all right boys Mm. let's get into our favorite offenses that we are targeting in our drafts here in 2020 let's start with john helmkamp let's kick it over to you we're talking about the vikings we just talked about dalvin cook let's keep it going what are your thoughts on the vikings this year and why are you so excited yeah one of the reasons why i wanted to go vikings on and first and foremost to, to preface this show for all of our viewers and listeners out there we're ignoring the obvious okay we're we're not going to talk about the kansas city chiefs we're not going (laughs) to talk about baltimore you know, we're, we're not talking about those just obvious situations. This is more of like a value sort of show. Like, what are the offenses that I'm targeting that might be 
value picks. Their ADPs might be a little under what their production might look like for you. So going with the Vikings here, I wanted to go at it because they lost Stephon Diggs in a trade. The news just came out about Dalvin Cook. People are kind of skittish about him and about the offense as a whole right now, which I think is bringing down the overall perception of this offense and and what they could be on the field this year um, further than it should be. This is an offense that last year had the 16th most yards per game right in the middle, um, and they scored the eighth most points per game as a team in the NFL. I don't think that people think of that offense as being a high-scoring offense, but they're in the top 10 in the NFL last season. They lose Stephon Diggs, but Stephon Diggs was not a massive touchdown machine anyways. The offense really ran through, um, in terms of touchdown production, mostly through the running back position through Dalvin Cook. If Dalvin Cook does end up holding out and missing time, which, by the way, I think would be a terrible move for him, we just saw it last year with the Chargers and Melvin Gordon. And they will look just fine with Austin Eckler. Alexander Madison is a talented running back. He's good. I think that if Dalvin Cook holds out, Madison's going to be great. He could sneak into like top 15 fantasy production right away if there's no Dalvin Cook to speak of. And they're going to look at Dalvin Cook like, sorry, dude, like we're, we're good. We're going to just turn the page to the young guy unless you feel like coming back and taking a reasonable contract. So, I don't think he's going to hold out going into the season. I don't think that he has enough leverage to do that. The offense is going to be just fine. And, oh, by the way, they got a rookie named Justin Jefferson out of LSU that we're all in love with on this show. And in our last show, in the mock draft that he did where I sniped him from Okada, um, (laughs) so good, um, I talked about the fact that I think that he's going to be the rookie wide receiver one this year. I don't have him ranked there but he walks into the easiest role, the the easiest line for production on that offense. He could easily have 80 to 90 targets in this offense potentially. So I think this offense as a whole is going to continue to produce. They're going to continue to run through the running back position. That's going to do well. They still have a very reliable tight end um, in Kyle Rudolph. And then they've got a young ascending tight end in Irv Smith Jr. That I love as, as a deep dynasty buy. like, I I love me some Irv Smith. So I think this offense is great. I think they're going to put up good numbers. And I think that right now people are kind of freaking out about them as a whole. It's a good time to try and buy any asset on that offense in dynasty. And I would be targeting them uh, in startups. John, to your point, I think in dynasty right now, the move is not to go after Madison, but to go really, really cheap and go after Mike Boone. Because Madison, we saw last year, he was even banged up. Mike Boone is going to cost you pennies, and he's probably on the waiver wire for a lot of different teams. Um, I love your Irv Smith call, just real quick, because Irv Smith is a, is a player that I've been trading for all offseason. Rudolph is probably going to get cut after this year. Their red zone usage for their tight ends is elite. If anything happens to Rudolph in the year, I can actually make you a case that Irv Smith could be the – the number two passing target for this offense this year. So I really want a lot of Vikings. I want a lot of Vikings in best ball and dynasty. I'm all for it, man. I love that call. Yeah, I, I'm definitely in on that. And we know too, like the splits without Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen has been unreal. Dude, and he's gonna he, had a, he had a down year last yeah. year. I don't see how this dude doesn't put up what? 130 140 targets like yeah that's that's if the defense is good too because they have like what brand new corners across the map yeah if if they don't have dalvin cook there are they going to be as run heavy so like people are still sleeping on this passing offense and i'm like look man like kirk cousins was good last year he compensated with like elite and i want to say elite for him it was the highest touchdown percentage he's had of his career so if he gets more volume and the efficiency continues, it's wheels up, baby. Like, this this offense is going to be really good, and people are still sleeping on it. Yeah, I like that call a lot. No one's talking about the Vikings. Maybe we should be. All right, D-Bro, back to you, man. Hit me with your first offense. You're all in this year. You're going out and getting these guys on your roster. Who is it? Man, I want all pieces of the Rams that I can get. They're all, like, great, great values, man. I mean, if you look at Jared Goff, Akers, Cup, Woods, these tight ends – I feel like you can make a case for any part of this offense. 
And people kind of trash this offense and they talk about, oh, they were 12 heavy last year. Man, I really, really think the narrative is wrong on this offense. I think if you look at the tea leaves of free agency and the draft is basically the clearest windows we get into what teams think about their their rosters, their offense, what the, the year looks like moving forward. And they spent high equity on Akers and Van Jefferson. That tells you that they're as much as I get it in the Twitter streets, we're all worried about the offensive line. But this time last year, wasn't everybody trashing the Cardinals and trying to fade them because of their offensive line? Kenya Drake had no problems running behind that freaking offensive line, and they were top 10 in a lot of different metrics. I think this offense goes back to spreading it out. I think they go back to running on a lot, a lot of 11. I think that the narrative is really wrong on this offense right now, and I want all parts of it, man. Like, if you look at golf, he's QB 16 right going right now in best ball, which – I mean, really is the closest thing to sharp ADP that we have to look at right now because all your redraft folks haven't caught up right now. So best Mm. ball is about where it's at for ADP. He's QB 16, and if that's where he's going to go coming into the year, yeah, I want exposure to Jared Goff because he's bested that every single year. He was QB 13, 7, and 12 in the last three years, and this Rams team was eighth in pass plays per game in neutral script. So I definitely want a lot of Jared Goff. Cam Akers – if anybody's got a Twitter account and they follow me, hell, if they don't follow me, they've probably still seen some kind of Cam Akers love in these streets because I'm all about it, man. I, it, I'm all in on Cam Akers, have been from the very beginning. I am not worried about Daryl Henderson. Yes, if you want to grab him in best ball, that's fine because he's dirt cheap. But Cam Akers is still an amazing value right now. I mean, he's going off as the RB26, which screams nothing but upside. Like, literally, I think you're grabbing this dude at his floor. Yeah. Gurley, who was basically just a pile of dust, like I talked about, and still is a pile of dust. He was RB12. Okada, Okada doesn't fantasy. necessarily agree with that. Oh, I'm sorry, Okada. We're going to disagree, man. We can talk about that on air, off air. It, I'm, I'm for it, man. But I look, Akers, is, you're grabbing him in his floor. Gurley was an RB12. He was RB12 in fantasy points per game. They were still a good offense. I mean, this was a top five offense and how often they got into the red zone last year. So give me golf, give me acres. I really think that you can easily stack both cup and woods, not only in best ball, but in redrafts, like people talk about stacking in DFS. We talk about stacking in best balls. There's not enough talk about stacking and redraft. And there really, really needs to be because very few offenses can support two top 24, two top 20, two top 12 or 15 wide receivers and the Rams considering volume, considering efficiency, considering everything we've known and we've seen in previous years can do that. And with their ADPs right now, I mean, cups going in the fourth round and Robert Woods is in the fifth. You need to slam both of those. And I get people are worried about cup, but they forget about how freaking good this guy was last year. I mean, weeks one through eight, he had five 100-yard games. Dude what is cooking. do you want? I mean, like, was unreal. I, I get he didn't do anything down the stretch. This dude was coming off an ACL. It was basically the mirror image of the opposite of what we expected of him coming off of the ACL. It was like, oh, he'll be slowly worked in. Hell no! The Rams were like, <laughs> go, you ball out. You do what you do, man. And, like, in that span, he was a wide receiver too. The only guy that was better than him was Michael Thomas. That is his ceiling. And you're yeah. getting him at a wide receiver two price. Like, Woods, I know everybody loves him. And mm-hmm. in in redraft more so than Dynasty, Dynasty people like hate Woods, and I don't understand it. Like, you can't get a freaking ham sandwich for Robert Woods in trade value. And I really don't get it. The guy's been a top 20 wide receiver in fantasy points per game the last mm, three years, he's going to have volume. Hell, he's seventh in targets amongst wide receivers of the last two years. So, yes, give me all the wide receivers. And as far as the tight ends, I really – I want exposure to Tyler Higby because I believe in his upside. And a sixth-round price right now is t- not too much considering what we saw down the stretch. I mean, he was a tight end one from weeks 13 through 17. And, I mean, basically, like, whatever statistic you look at, he just beast moded. Like he was top three and receiving yards, air yards, and target share behind only Kelsey and Kittle. And I still want exposure to Everett because if we're wrong on this narrative and it's not Higby, Everett was not bad when he played a lot of snaps last year. Like he had seven games and 54% or higher snaps, and he was a top six tight end in four of those games. So 
wherever it's going, if you don't want to pay for Higby, I understand it. But you need to get exposure to Everett because if it ain't Higby, it's going to be Everett. Like one of these guys, and yes, this is an offense that considering volume can support all of these guys, pass catchers, running backs, and everything, because we've seen it. We've seen it in multiple weeks, multiple stretches of the season. So, yes, I'm absolutely adamantly in love with the Rams. I feel like all of their ADPs are just smash points in the drafts right now. Anytime that I can sneak a Bobby Cheese reference into one of our recordings is a, is a good day for me. Uh, <laughs> shout out so, to our friend Mike, uh, our favorite listener. To us, <laughs> shout shout out to Mike. We're, this is the he third Bobby Cheese. He DM'd me again after last episode and said, Thanks for the anonymous shout out. So now I'm giving him the name shout out. Uh, uh, he he tweeted listener. at me. He tweeted at me too and said, Still not sold on Bobby Trees. And I'm like, Yeah, well. And I sent him another tweet from the Rams oh, profile that if you're not sold on Robert, you're not going to be sold. Like, like no, no, no. It's the name. The it's oh. the name. He's not the person. He, he doesn't, doesn't like Bobby. He doesn't like Bobby Trees as a nickname. And I'm like, <laughs> It's literally his official nickname. Like the team refers to him. If the team calls you something, you're, you, that's probably I can handle I can handle Bobby Trees better than I can Scary Terry. I'll put it out that out there. Well, I, mean, because scary, I, I, li- I like Bobby Trees a lot more. Scary Bobby Trees rolls the off the tongue. Yeah. Scary so. Terry was also taken by um, Terry Terry Rozier, I think it is for the Boston Celtics. Like, Basketball. there's been a scary yeah. yeah. The it's just been a bad nickname. It doesn't. There's matter. been a scary like, Terry a for like nickname. the last five years, and now there's another. But anyways. I digress. Um, I love everything you're saying there. Uh, I love me some Bobby Trees. I love his value. I, I I don't really see a realm where Robert Woods doesn't finish in the top 12 um, in PPR. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a wide receiver. That one. is spicy. I mean, is it? He's been he was like, a wide receiver 13 in points per game last year. Is it really okay, that spicy? He, he, had a touchdown. he gets touchdown regression. Saying he, he had could a, be the wide receiver in the wide receiver one category is not at all spicy. I would agree with that. You said you don't see a realm where he's not. That is well, very yeah. spicy. He's been right outside of it for the last I like two it. years. For the last two years in a row, and then they just got rid of Brandon Cooks. All of those targets are gone. And last year, I think he only had three touchdowns on the season. So you give him an extra like two and he's a wide receiver one and he doesn't have to compete with Brandon cooks anymore as well. Like he's, he should be treated as a wide receiver one like him and Adam Thielen are two guys that Mm. are being drafted outside wide receiver one that should absolutely be treated like a wide receiver one. I'm going to pile on top of John's point here because without cooks on the field last year, Robert Wood saw his target share in the red zone go from 11% to 23% and his dot went from seven to nine. So I mean, what more do we need to see? You got volume, you got ascending a dot, and you got red zone, and you have touchdown regression. Okada, you need to you need to come Listen. here. You need a hug, man. You need, you need a hug right now. I, I, I know you're hurting right now, and I know the sunburn's killing you, but I want to give yeah, you a hug true. right now. It's rough. Let that thing's been clarify. going for like a week, by the more way. Than that a thing's got to yeah. That that's got to fade clarify. out. I love this Rams call overall. I checked while you were talking. I have every single player you mentioned ranked higher than consensus. Good. So, because they should be. Yes, because this offense is a Sean McVay offense, and it is going to bounce back from last year. Their offensive line two years ago was best in the league. Last year was worst in the league or yeah, bottom two. I don't know two. how that happened. It's not going to stay that way. See, and I don't even agree with that. Like, I I think that people have got the narrative on the offensive line wrong. I think that part of – if you look at sack percentages, yes, they were pressured. But if you look at what the running backs did, they got the running backs to the second level in the open field, five to ten yards, over better than league average. I think a lot of this has to do with, one, injuries, and two, the absolute dust of Todd Gurley. And I'm sorry about that. I think it's the injuries. I think the offensive line make Todd Gurley look worse than he is. But that's a question we can save for the next team that you have. Uh, Spoiler alert again. Also, agree with Mo. Here's the thing I had to clarify, okay? Because I agree with your take totally. And I love Robert Woods, and I have him ranked higher than he is in consensus. What do you have him? What do you have him? where do I have him? Okay, let's check. Hold yeah, on. I gotta call you on this. I need to know. I have him behind Cooper it. Cup. I'll tell you that. So there is that small thing. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't disagree with that. 18, okay. but I will say that everybody from Ooh. like 11 to it's a 24 is the same rank. Yeah. So there's that yeah. too. Agreed. 
He is right. not a wide receiver one with no realm of being outside that. He is a very, very good wide receiver two with a chance of cracking wide receiver one territory. But keep in mind, Cooper Cup is Jared Goff's favorite target. So when with Brandon Cooks gone, they're both going to get some of that pie and maybe Josh Reynolds will too. I don't know. Or maybe the tight yeah. ends will both arise. That's nope. probably the more likely uh, option. Nah. But I think Cooper Cup is going to be the guy who jumps even higher. And I don't think they can both be wide receiver one. So I think they'll both be close to fringe-ish. And maybe one will break in. I would lean towards Cup. Could be Woods. Just saying it's not a lock. Oh, yeah. I think all those points say that we're in agreement in some aspects. Mostly. <laughs> that we yeah. are in agreement that the Rams are being undervalued right now i mean recency bias is insane in fantasy football you look at what they did in the last month of the season and everyone says the rams suck well you know what sean McVay is one of the best offensive minds in football they're gonna figure it out and by the way they lost so much on the defensive side of the ball it's unreal this defense Mm. is very top heavy if they have one or two injuries they're absolutely screwed so uh the positive game scripts jared goff lots of volume those wide receivers cam Akers undervalued Yes, yes, and yes. I'm in. Uh, speaking of recency bias, fellas, let's talk about the Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. Now, we can't talk about this team, and I've said this. I was actually on the uh, the FF face-off earlier today talking injuries, and I said for fantasy football owners to get this right, you are gonna, you're going to win your leagues if you get this right, the Steelers offense. If you are, are saying avoid them, I'm not in. Last year was real. Big Ben's elbow is a huge concern and you pass, then if that's right, then great. You're going to be right. And if you're in on the the Steelers and you are correct, you're going to make so much in terms of positive value relative to your league mates. Here's what I'm saying. I am buying the bounce back from this offense because there are insane numbers to back it up. I got to pull them up, guys, because it's, it's just unreal. So you look at 2018 with Big Ben healthy. Obviously, Juju, huge season. They were first in pass attempts per game, fifth in points per game, 10th in yards per attempt, fifth in first downs per game, and fourth in plays per game. We're looking at a high upside, high tempo offense, lots of passing volume. We love that for fantasy, right? Last year, Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, I'm sorry, are not good. And you know what happened? 26th in pass attempts, 27th in points per game, 30th in yards per attempt 30th in first downs 31st in plays per game even if you don't believe big ben's elbow is going to be 100 percent, which by the way entering week one i think it will be i have concerns that he's going to hold up for an entire season but entering week one i think he's gonna be okay even if he's average he doesn't have to be top three big ben he has to be top 15 in the league and this offense is going to be so much better than last year and the value you're getting on these pass catchers, specifically Juju, is out of this world. It is insane. Guys, 1,400-yard seasons don't just happen in the NFL. He is a good young wide receiver. And you know what else? He's going to play in a slot. And if you're concerned about Big Ben's elbow and the, the distance that he's going to throw, I'll take a slot wide receiver and I'll take James Conner out of the backfield catching those passes. So at their current ADP, which we got Big Ben, uh, QB 17, we have Juju at wide receiver 15. Deontay Johnson as a wide receiver four in fantasy. Yes, yes, and yes. I am in on the Pittsburgh Steelers this year because of the insane value that they offer. But Bats and Tony Brown is gone. (laughs) That's why they were so good in 2018. I have no idea what you're saying. However, I do not agree. Dear God, I'm from the <laughs> South, and that's still horrible. Wow. <laughs> hey, Jesus. Oh, no, God, that was rough. Um, I have no words for what just happened right there. <laughs> that's I'm all in on it, man. And I think that uh, there are still value spots, even if with all the Deontay Johnson love it, you know, on Twitter and what have you. And I think his ADP does go up from that. Um, I did just get him in as wide receiver four on Mox uh, recently. So, if you can get him at that price, <laughs> you you got to slam it. But I, I think uh, a really good value point here, too, because the guy who led the team in red zone targets last year, as bad as Duck Hodges and Mason and all that crap quarterback play that was basically replaceable. Like, Roethlisberger does not have to be better. Like, I mean, he does not have to be Roethlisberger of old. He just has to be better than that, which is not a high, like, margin to, you know, surpass. That's what I think I'm saying, Vance McDonald, dude. I think Vance Dance 
uh, offers uh, a good value point as well. McDonald led them in red zone targets last year. I still think that he has a role in this offense. Um, I don't think that he's necessarily the number two there, but could he stack a bunch of touchdowns? And I do know that Ebron is there. Ebron has never been a guy that I've loved. I, I, I understand it, but I think that Ebron is going to carry a higher ADP went like way over Vance McDonald because whoever even bought into him last year is burnt on him. So if you're looking at the late, late round guy that you can cut easy and redraft, if you're looking at the dart throw for dynasty that could sneak in and be a streamer or at least a top 12 guy, possibly for what you got to pay for Vance McDonald. I'm in as a cheap portion of this offense. Cause I, I I'm with you. I think the Steelers bounce back in a big way. I like it. All right, Okada, you are next, my friend. Who are you buying into this year? Well, Betts, I wanted the Steelers, actually. I'm very on board with that, uh, despite the fact that Antonio Brown is gone and people think that's why they sucked last year. It's not. Um, But since you had already snagged them on the show doc when I got there, I decided to bounce to their neighbors in the division, the Cleveland Browns. And this should come as a surprise to no one because we've been talking about the Cleveland Browns, left, right, center, up, down, backwards, and forwards uh, over the last couple months. And to be fair, I believe we may have had a show exactly like this last year, Bets, where one of us also said the Cleveland Browns, and that didn't go so well. However, as we've talked about, that was the Freddie Kitchens experiment. The RB's coach ascended to head coach that did not work after his one tiny stint as a coordinator uh, halfway through a season that Hugh Jackson got fired, and you can't not make a team look better after Hugh Jackson gets fired as the head coach of it. So Freddie's now gone. Mm, this sounds nice. Kevin Stefanski is in. Mm, this sounds even nicer. Kevin Stefanski is going to bring in an offense that fits his personnel perfectly. He came from the Vikings, where they love to use two, two tight ends. They love to use play action. They love to use the run game to uh, activate the passing game. And that's what they're going to do in Cleveland, and it's going to work. Because they have as much, if not more, talent than Minnesota. In fact, they probably have as much, if not more, talent than almost any team in the league. But really, for me, what it circles down to is what Derek was talking about with the Rams, which is value, ADP versus where you're getting drafted. I went through the list for myself. Baker's going around QB 15. I have him at QB 12. I think he could get higher than that pretty easily and end up in like the 8 to 6 range if things go well. But I think 15 is below his floor. Odell Beckham Jr., depending on where you look, and again, like Derek said, ADP is a bit of a mess, but typically going somewhere between 18 and 24 after his bad, let's be honest, season by his standards last year. I have him as wide receiver eight. Ooh, that's spicy. That. Like Jarvis it. Landry going around 28 to 32. I have him at 23. Kareem Hunt going at RB 30. I have him at 28. It's a little bit ahead, but it's enough. And he has high, high upside, theoretically the best handcuff in the league while also mm-hmm. being a contributor that you can flex. And Austin Hooper is going at tight end 10. I have him at tight end 6. So every piece except for Nick Chubb, who I do not want to draft. Do not draft Nick Chubb. He is not a value. He is Preach. a bust. We talked about that on our last show or two shows ago. Last show. Uh, last show. Yeah. Um, so that's the one piece I'm avoiding. Nope. Every two other shows, piece no. I want. Okay, thank you. <laughs> every other piece I want something of. This offense is going to be better at, than it was last year for sure. Whether or not it climbs to what people hoped for last year, which was like, good gracious, look at this talent. They're going to be a top five offense. I'm not sure. They may not reach that pinnacle, but they are going to be, in my opinion, a top 10 offense. And what we've seen from the Vikings, and this is the most important thing about Stefanski, is that we saw value from every player at all those positions, despite how many different good and talented players there were. So I believe that the Browns can do the same thing this year where we see wide receiver two production from Landry. We see wide receiver one production from Odell. We see two running backs that can produce in startable uh, production spheres. And we see a quarterback that benefits from all of that and is a QB one. So yes, please. I agree with everything that you're saying about what Stefanski does for value across the board at the multiple positions. Um, I think you I think you're a little spicy on Odell, but I really don't hate it. Like I can't knock that at all. Um I love Jarvis Landry. Like he's a screaming value right now as someone that's gonna be always such man. Always. always if you're hate him. you're out. 
year in year out. The same people that hate Jarvis Landry hate Bobby Trees. They're the same. same. Like the Spider-Man meme. They're like looking at each other. Yes. Like you. They're they're also the people who draft Will Fuller. Yeah, true. <laughs> hey, so true. I like Will Fuller. You shut your uh-huh. Stop it. Stop it. Um, but I love I love Jarvis Landry. I I love Juice. He's fantastic. PBR monster. He's gonna be great. He's gonna be like a consistent every week wide receiver two with some weeks with wide receiver one numbers because of touchdown production. It's gonna be awesome. He's gonna be great for your roster, and he's such such a good ADP and easy to get. Um, like what Okada was saying about Chubb. I am really interested slash concerned about the running back production because we've talked about it a lot on this show, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. But Stefanski loves running that 12 personnel. He normally only has one running back on the field at a time, but he has two really, really talented backs to get involved, especially what Hunt can do in the passing game. So I'm concerned about Chubb's ceiling uh, with... um, Chubb ceiling without getting a lot of the passing work that I think that Hunt is going to absorb. So I think that's going to be really, really interesting to watch. And I think that Chubb is being drafted at his absolute ceiling right now. So Ooh, I don't want I don't him. Think so. I'm you I'm right you. there with I'm right there with Okada on the on the Chubb ticks. These two bozos know my stance. So I'm going to kick it over to you, D bro, because they know I'm in on Nick Chubb. I'm alone in that island on this podcast. And that's you're fine. not alone right now. You're not. Uh, there we go. There we go. So I'm going to kick it over to you. What are your thoughts on Nick Chubb for 2020? Okay. So narrative street needs to take a rest here for a second. Everybody and their mama talks about how Kareem Hunt has got targets last year. This is a different coaching staff. Can we throw that out there right now? This is not pretty kitchen. Agreed. Can we throw this out there that as well, that, we don't know how to project like like you can't nobody consider and say that Kareem Hunt is going to get the same burn that he got last year. Like that is not a definitive. Like at, it's not. Guys, y'all can make the faces all you want to, but it's not to say that Kareem Hunt is definitively going to get on the field. We saw under Stefanski, Madison had a role in that offense and he got touchdowns weekly. Kareem Hunt Cook is still way better than Alexander Madison. That does not matter. It does not that matter. That does matter. Okay, okay. Talent and draft capital. And people, if they want to run an offense through mainly one running back with a second guy getting touches here and there, that like I, I get all the Kareem Hunt love. And I'm not saying the guy is not talented. Nick Chubb almost led the league in freaking rushing last year. He had only eight touchdowns. He could, If this offense is better, like we're talking about, can he not surpass more than eight touchdowns, even if the targets go down? We saw okay. Derrick Henry smash, smash and grab last year without catching basically any freaking passes. Dalvin Cook in the Stefanski offense was basically, before he went down with injury, was the second RB behind only CMC. Yeah, no, I know. I know you know that, but the listeners don't know that. And everybody else is talking about fading Nick Chubb. He's going as RB11 right now in best balls. He was RB8 last year with only eight touchdowns. If the targets go down, but the touchdowns go up, and the rushing volume stays the same, if it even gets up, goes up a little bit, if this is a more efficient offense, because you just talked about that Kitchens is terrible. Bad. He was bad. Nick Chubb not, is can we not RB. see Nick Chubb not only paying off his ADP and being so an wait, RB1, did, but surpassing so it? So where did he RB8. finish last year? RB8. Guess what he's being drafted at? RB8. He's being drafted at it, it, it RB11. Depends on where you look. It depends on where you look. But here's the issue, Derek. The issue is this. He was RB8 last year, but after Kareem Hunt came back, he was the RB23. Yeah. And I understand you know that there's that a new, there's a new the set of coaches usage. coming in. Is he going to well, get the same usage as last year? Exactly. We don't know, but here's what I do know. What I do know is that a new coaching staff is coming in. They're looking at all their players mm-hmm. with fresh eyes. And you know what they're seeing? The most talented backup in the entire National Football League who could be a not only the starting running back, but a top starting running back for almost every other team in the NFL. Kareem mm-hmm. Hunt is unbelievably good across the, the board. The point that you said there, Kata, is that he's a backup. He is the backup. He Last is year not he was the a backup. Starter. Last year he was the backup, but even if he's not, even if it's a secondary role, he is going to be the best secondary role guy. And Nick Chubb, I believe he can be an RB1, and the touchdown regression is probably going to speak to that the most. If he gets 10 plus, he has to be. Sure. But 
be a top six guy or a top eight guy, he cannot have the best handcuff or backup or secondary guy, whatever you want to call it, in the National Football League right behind him, and that's what Kareem Hunt is. So the other side of this, too, is we're talking about the, all these targets that Kareem Hunt's going to get. Can those not easily just go to, one, a healthy OBJ, two, Austin Hooper, because they had no tight end to speak of of last year. So can Kareem Hunt not get cucked by the players that are on his own team outside of Nick Chubb? Because we're talking about pass game volume. I'm just throwing it out there, man. Like, because, like, in the streets, the narrative out there is to fade Nick Chubb. Everybody and their mama is saying it. And I'm not saying that it's absolutely Debro, wrong. Debro spends a lot of time. Debro spends a lot of time in the streets. That's what I'm learning. <laughs> I do, man. I, I'm on Twitter more than, like, most of, like, what, like, mid-30s dudes? Like, how many how many people are on Twitter? Like, 12 I hours love a day. that you refer to Twitter as the streets. The streets. It is, man. It is in I the love me. I love me some Debro. I do. Oh, that's amazing. Hey, we got to move on. But I'm I just going to throw that out there. That's I'm going to close out with one final point. <laughs> Um, Okada, you are incorrect. John, you're incorrect. Ebro, you are correct. Let's move on. No, hey, I'm, bets, I'm bets. In on Nick Chubb. bets, bets. Here's, you want to put it on the sheet? Bets, bets. Let's, let's, let's go. put it on the bets, bets sheet. Are you saying are he's not going to finish at under 12 and a half? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we you think should, he's yeah. going to be RB 13. Oh, or get me in yep. on that action. Yep. Nick right, Chubb is RB1, bro, baby. Give, RB1, me, give me that action. I don't care. You guys have an RB1. But money, I will send you alcohol. Let's go, baby. I'm a perfect. All right, fellas, we're going to pause for a real quick word from the sponsor of tonight's show. Listen, if you're listening to our show, you know the fantasy footballers, right? And you know you're going to want to buy the draft kit. It is unreal. Their ultimate draft kit is the best in the industry. You're going to use our link, and here's why. Because when you buy it through our link, you're going to get a special discount. It's 10% off with the code REDSHIRTS. Go to redshirtsudk.com. Check them out. And when you do, and you find the, the link to buy it, you're like, yep, I'm in. This, this product is awesome. You're going to save 10% when you enter the code redshirts. My injury reports in there, you're going to get consistency charts, rankings, busts, sleepers, breakouts, Matt Harmon's reception perception. Mm. It is unreal value. Check that out. Redshirtsudk.com. Use the code redshirts. Save 10% today. All right, boys, we are on to round two. I'm running a little bit late on time. Shocker with four of us on the pod who don't know how to show <laughs> up. Uh, we're going to probably not get to everyone tonight, so I'll take the back seat. We can hold mine for a second. We'll talk about John's next team here, okay. and then we'll kick it over to Debro oh, and Connor no. again. We'll the show there. Well, this one's yeah. going to take oh, at least we 30 minutes. To. I mean, no, we, no, no, we, we'll go. Yeah, here we go. We'll go. We have Here's to. the rest of the show. Nobody else is going to talk. Here we go. <laughs> oh, thanks, Debro. Love you too, buddy. Um, <laughs> this dude. I mean, come on. You got the flag you behind have a you. You're never going to wear a photo shadow. What is the hat you have on? What is it's the hat? And there we go. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, um, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell us who you're gonna talk about. We need I'm to know this t- team. Who <laughs> I know, is I'm it? Good. Hmm. Get wrecked, you John. Look at you, his you rosy cheeks. Debro, you got that out of your system? You all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm we just, good. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm gonna let, I'm gonna sit down in the street. It's okay. In the streets, <laughs> out of out on those mean streets of Twitter. Um, I'm gonna yeah, I mean, I'm gonna touch on the Seahawks there. because I, I want to touch on on them. I'm not out here saying the Seahawks are the best offense in the NFL. They're they're gonna lead everyone. Like I'm not going over the top homer on this, but I do think that they are a really good value right now. So going down the list and kind of taking a look at what's going on with the Seahawks right now in terms of ADP, uh, where I'm checking, Lockett is currently being drafted as the wide receiver 23. Metcalf ahead of him at the wide receiver 20. Ooh. Carson as the running back 19. Wilson is the only one that's being appropriately drafted for position at quarterback six. That seems fair. That's good. Everyone's in on Wilson. Um, Big Montana, Will Disley, tight end 29, um, who he's shown incredible flashes when he's healthy and on the field. So last year, the Seahawks offense had the eighth most yards per game in the NFL. They had the 14th most passing yards per game and the ninth most points per game across the board. So this is an offense that was finishing inside the top 10 to 15, essentially across the board in every measurable uh, for how you want to look at the potential success of an offense. When you're looking at offenses and players to draft uh, for fantasy football, you want to look at opportunity. You want to look at scoring opportunity as a team, and you want to kind of look at the script that they're going to be finding themselves in most of the time. The Seahawks defense is not what it was five years ago. This is not the Legion of Boom anymore. It's it's gone. They it's essentially 
It's not great, Bob, and I'm a Seahawks fan. Not great, they Bob. Essentially, they essentially do not have a pass rush. Their secondary is very questionable. Now, they did go out and make a, a good signing um, this offseason, which was beat basically the DeAndre if Hopkins. They don't sign Reese like, and Clowney. They don't have much of a rush defense. Ooh. Yeah, they don't. That like, would be it, rough. It's just yeah. bad. Like, and, and they that whole thing, that dude. they should have, like, two months ago. It's just, it's dragging on and nothing's getting done there. And it's driving me absolutely crazy. But they don't have much of a run stopping presence up front. They have elite linebacker play with Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright, which is absolutely fantastic. But other than that, this is an offense where I think this year, more than any other year that we've seen, are going to have to lean more on Russell Wilson. Like, Maybe it's just me hoping and praying that they actually let Russ cook and they let him actually turn it loose. You have an ascending second-year wide receiver in DK Metcalf that looks like the real deal, got more polished as the season went on, built a great rapport with Russell Wilson. He was not just line up on the left and run a nine route like everyone thought he was going to be because of his three-cone time. Like, screw it. He actually is a talented wide receiver that can run the tree, and it's great. So this offense... The Bobby tree. Um, this offense as a whole, yep. I, th- I think everyone is is thinking of this as the offense of old, which was we're going to play really, really good defense and then we're going to run the ball and that's it. But you have running backs coming off of injuries. They had to bring in Carlos Hyde because they literally needed to have someone at depth on that, on that offense. It, it looks like more of a passing offense than we've seen in a long time in Seattle. So I'm in on both Lockett, and DK Metcalf there at their ADPs. Um, I love it. Tyler Lockett, to me, and I've touched on it several times, his rapport with Russell Wilson is insane. Two years ago, his passer rating when targeted was perfect. Perfect when targeted. 158.3. 158.3. They had a phenomenal connection, and it wasn't much lower last year either, and that's when Lockett was battling through some injuries. So you're going to have a healthy Tyler Lockett and an ascending DK Metcalf on the other side. I think as uh, as our dear friend Debro said, it's wheels up for this passing game. I, I love it. I, I think that they are being undervalued. Um, I think that by the end of the season, DK Metcalf surpasses Tyler Lockett in terms of target share. But I think to start the year, Lockett is going to still be the front runner. And those two are going to be running a 1A, 1B kind of system in that offense. And I think that they're both going to sustain really good fantasy production as mid-range wide receiver twos. I think if any of them are going to potentially crack into the top 12, it's going to be Tyler Lockett, but normally he's finishing like right outside that year in and year out. So uh, I think they're both great values. I think Russell Wilson is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I think that he's in a better scheme this year to potentially turn it loose and, and throw more instead of having those random sporadic down weeks where they just want to run the ball 35 times. I think we're going to see more Russell Wilson this year. Why do people hate Tyler Lockett? Why? I love Tyler Lockett. He's not big. I love Lockett. DK going ahead of Lockett makes absolutely like zero sense to me. Like people talk about, like, oh, he's super efficient and and the volume and things. Why are we going to continually knock a guy for being elite in terms of efficiency? Thank you. Like you could throw some of the volume narrative out the window. Whenever the guy is showing you he is above, like he is among the league's elite inefficiency. Like he was the wide receiver 13 and he's going behind DK Metcalf. Yeah. Foolish. That is, it's insane to me. Like I do not understand that at all. Yep. I'm so in on Tyler Lockett this year. I want to leave my draft with three wide receivers in the first six rounds. You guys know who it is? It's Julio Jones, it's DJ Moore, and it's Tyler Lockett. And it's going to be Ooh, absolutely be dirty. perfect for fantasy because the that'd ADP be lines up. <sighs> and I put this out on Twitter. I said, these are the players I'm going to rank aggressively above consensus. Tyler Lockett was on the list and the replies were insane. You idiot. You don't know football. <laughs> EK Metcalf is the better receiver. Oh, did, did you get any of the, the did you, but did, but, but the did you watch the games, bets? Because that's usually the first thing that comes. You but should did have you watched the game of that one like, catch. Shut just, up. Yeah. <laughs> the streets are terrifying. The streets are mean. Okay, thank you. I am so in. And you guys know what? Even if they want to run the ball, like you said, Carlos Hyde, he ain't it, man. And Chris Carson, several injuries. Rashad Penny's going to start on Pup. The the hashtag let Russ cook movement 
might actually happen this year because of it's how bad the defense is. So <laughs> like, please. I love please. it. I'm so, so in on, on Russ this year. like it a lot. All right, to you, bro. We're going back to you, man. Hit me with your second offense you're all in on this year. I want all of the Falcons. I, I really do. Well, except for Tiger. Uh, I don't want any yeah, let's talk about yeah, Brady a little more. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I want all the pass catchers. And actually, okay. Tom Gurley is well, a pass catcher. Right. Mm, the Rams didn't think so last year. Last um, year, they, they, something went wrong. But before that, yeah, well, they, they went wrong because his knees are wrong. But anyway, yeah. dude, I, I I really want a lot of Matt Ryan. Like with the all of basically everybody's forgotten that Matt Ryan, even if you go back to 2018, was the freaking QB two in all of fantasy. Mm. Well, and it's, an, going, and it's an even number year. Which is really, really Bad. good. Oh, God. Here we go. Why, why don't we throw out the uh, he's playing a lot of games indoors and blah, blah, blah. Like, well, it's true. Throw that up there, too. But yeah. look, Matt Ryan is going to get fed volume. Dirk Cutter is going to make sure that that happens because every year that Dirk Cutter has been there, I mean, last three years in his offense in general, they've been top four in pass attempts. They're going to throw the ball. It's going to happen. Matt Ryan has a massive ceiling this year. Um, his touchdown percentage was down last year. It was the second lowest in his last four years. So I think that that ticks up. Um, we'll get to Ty Gurley later. Uh, but as far as the pass catching options, Julio Jones is about as safe as you possibly can freaking Tax. get. As Free. far as far as like picks, if you pick Julio Jones, you are going to get a wide receiver one. It just it is what it is. People okay. need to get on board with it. I don't care what his age is right now. We've seen wide receivers be productive, and Julio is a damn freak. Okay, it like this whole like idea of like him being injury prone. If that narrative is even out there still, that needs to have died a long time ago. He's played fourteen or more games in each of the last six freaking years. So if you're still talking about his foot, if you're still worried about him missing games, baby, you're you're at yesterday's. Like you are. You're not walking in the streets. That's no, you are not. No, you are not. You were sleeping. You taking a nap. Um, Julio Jones is a monster. I will buy him at the price. I want all the Calvin Ridley. I've been on Calvin Ridley ever since he stepped onto an NFL field. I am not swerving now. All of these things that you hear about him being the next Chris Godwin is going to happen. It is going to happen. He's going as the wide receiver 14 right now. Still give me all the Calvin Ridley at his price at that spot. I get that Hayden Hurst is going to be involved in this passing offense, but as much as we talk about wide receivers changing teams, if we're talking about guys being active in the tight end position as pass catchers, some of these narratives need to cross over to tight ends. I like Hurst for where he's going and the value that he presents. Mm. Can he get to 90 targets? Yes. Can he be a tight end one and be a value depending on where he goes in your drafts? Yes. I like Hurst because he's, he's shown elite efficiency uh, the guy, when he was on the field last year, had a 76% catch rate. They ran Hooper out of the slot last year almost 60% of the time, and Hurst of the last two years, and I know it's a small sample size, but 24 targets, the dude had a QBR of 114 and 154. So all he needs is volume. I, I know I kind of buried the leave here, but if you don't walk out of your drafts with Calvin Ridley, and I'm willing, to, if I go robust RB, like if I go RB, 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 and Calvin really is staring at me in the fourth round, I will take him as my wide receiver one, and I will have no qualms about it at all. Ooh, that is spicy. I love Calvin Ridley. What you want is an efficient offense, a good quarterback, and volume, and really has all of those things. It's going to happen this year, boys. And as far as Todd Gurley, look – I get all the narratives about like his volume. It, it's just where he's going in drafts and the the risk you're having to take. Because right now in best balls, he's RB fifteen. I can't pay that price for him, like at all. He was better you're, than that last year with a terrible offense. He was off the touchdowns, not because he was freaking good. On he's the top also the best basis. touchdown scorer possibly of the last fifty years. Okay. okay. <laughs> He's incredible at scoring touchdowns. Yes, maybe ever. Is touchdowns a sticky stat? I mean, please tell me, It's it's not that sticky of a stat, but if you look at Todd Gurley's touchdowns, there's a point where stickiness just has to stick to Todd Gurley. He is the oh, he has the a better nose for the end zone, which I'm sure is a hated term in this group. 
than anybody in the league. He's going to score. He's going to score double-digit touchdowns this year. All the volume in the world couldn't save Devontae Freeman last year, and I think Todd Gurley is at a similar point in his career. I think that he is absolute efficiency-wise dust. 25. It, I don't care what his age is, Okada. Like, if you look at him, watch him run. He's not the same dude. If you look at all of his efficiency metrics, he was 48th in yards per touch, 27th in breakaway run rate. I mean, in breakaway runs, 20, 42nd in breakaway run rate, 22nd in evaded tackles, 40th in juke rate. There's nothing there to like as far as can Todd Gurley make a dude miss. It's literally can Todd Gurley run straight and run over somebody. And if he can't do that, or run, do that within three yards of the end zone, then he's not going to pay off for you. Like, what did he run at? Like, even if we want to go to like more macro stats, what was it like uh, under four per carry last year? The efficiency what, wasn't, wasn't there. Good. He lived off of touchdowns. That's it, man. Like, I don't want any Todd Gurley this year, and I will be happy about it. And if I'm wrong, people can come at me. Find me on Twitter. I, in I, the streets. I, find, I will in the, <laughs> in the streets. streets. Find me. <laughs> I will own up to it because I think transparency is huge. And if Todd Gurley yeah. pays off, I look, I was wrong last year based off a touchdown volume. I'm willing to double down on it this year because I just don't see the efficiency. So if he has any of the injuries, which bets you could speak to this more than I can, but are you concerned about his knees? Tell me that. I think I'm concerned about the way they're going to use him. If they try to employ him as a 300 touchback this season, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it is basically a workload management issue. So he is set up right now for the rest of his career, however long that is, to be a 10 to 12 touch type of back to main sh- make sure he's on the field. If they try to give him 22 carries a game, it's not going to go well. And the thing is with fantasy, you just can't predict that. And the thing that I love about the passing attack, and I've t- talked about it, my bold prediction that we made a couple weeks ago was, Julio's a top five wide receiver. Matt Ryan's a top five uh, quarterback. And Cobb Ridley is top 15. If all three of those are, things are going to happen, it's because Todd Gurley doesn't work, so to speak. And if he doesn't work, I'm not trusting Quadrellis and Ito Smith or Brian Hill. Like Matt Ryan is going to literally lead the league in pass attempts if that happens. So for what you're saying, D-Bro, I am definitely in. I still see a scenario where Todd Gurley just scores 10 touchdowns because this offense is good. Yep. And when they get in close... He's going to get the the volume there inside the 10-yard line. But I don't want to rely on that. So for me, in best ball, I'm okay with Todd Gurley. But in redraft, like, I don't really want him, to be honest with you, based off the price. Uh, Bets, is there a bet for a quarterback to lead the league in pass attempts somewhere? There is. And there also is for yardage. And I am definitely going to be putting some money on Matt Ryan. Okay, yeah. I don't know what his odds would be, but I'd almost definitely take them. Hey, on the Patreon, man. Patreon.com slash Richard's pod. I'm going to put out the player props article very soon. Mm. And those will all be in there. So check let's that out. Go. Make yourself some money. <laughs> all right, Okada, let's get back to you, man. Last team, who are we talking about? Who are you all in on this season? Okay. In your drafts? Here, here's the thing, Bets. I'm going to be quick so that you can get in your team as well. So this will not be the last team. Okay. And I can be quick right. because we've talked about them a lot. Me in particular. It's the Arizona Cardinals. It is the second year of Cliff Kingsbury. They were, they were, that we saw flashes from them last year. Okay. There was a lot of issues as well. The offensive line was terrible. Kyler Murray was very conservative. He took a lot of sacks. He didn't really run very much. And the offense still was okay. They, they had, they had the fifth most plays in the entire National Football League, which is what we expected to see from Kingsbury. But the efficiency per play was not good enough to make them an elite offense. This year, it's year two. Kyler Murray's got another year under his system. They've tried a little bit on the offensive line. We'll see how that goes. But it can't be too much worse because it was terrible. I think Kyler's savvy increases, so he, his sack rate goes down. Uh, I think that Cliff is willing to employ him as a runner more, which opens up the entire offense, let alone makes Kyler Murray himself a better fantasy asset. And I have completely buried the lead. You want to talk about burying leads, Derek. That, that would be my opinion if nothing else had happened at the wide receiver position. But oh, something happened. Mm. They went and got themselves arguably the best wide receiver in the league, certainly top three talent in DeAndre Hopkins. He still ain't better than Michael Thomas, baby. I felt it. I felt it. I had to say I'm, it. I'm okay? sure Michael Thomas is happy to hear that because if we said anything else, he'd be very upset. Um, but DeAndre Hopkins takes everything I just said, which would have already made me happy and excited about this offense. 
and like doubles it because he is a monster. No matter what you put on him, if you put your number one corner on her, number one corner on him, sorry, you lose. If you double team him, sorry, you lose. And not only do you lose with Hopkins, but you lose everywhere else because you're taking away the talent that could have been covering somebody else. So this entire offense is going to open up this year with him there. And also, Kenyon Drake gets a full year as the expected starter, and we saw a lot of talent for him. I think he's always been talented, and I think he is going to now be cemented in a more uh, RB1 lead role, and that's going to help the offense as well. So everything is arrows up for Arizona. I like every peer. Give me Christian Kirk. Give me Larry Fitzgerald in best balls, PPR best balls. He's going to have some good weeks. But certainly, D-Hop, Kenyon Drake, Kyler Murray, Christian Kirk. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, go to the Panthers. Okay, we had, a, where do you have Kenyon Drake at real fast? before? RB, you oh, I was going to actually bring that I up. Need to know, I need to know, baby. Seven. Ooh, I <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it, man. I've got him at feeling, nine. Dude, I, I, I think that... Vince, do you have the rankings up in, in front of you? I... Just my you don't buy it? Derek Dude, doesn't buy it? No, I love it. Like, I, I'm about good. to tell you that, like, as long as he stays healthy, he's a top five back. I think Woo! you can actually make a Woo! case that Kenya Drake could be the RB1 this year. Oh, like, go. it can happen. <laughs> it can happen. Get shook, John. Get, <laughs> Get shook. shook. Yes. It can happen, man. <laughs> this, this offense is set to explode. Woo! One volume can go through the damn roof. Kenyon also, Drake can explode this year. Quickly to a comment in the chat about Chase Edmonds. Yes, yeah, I you. also love Chase yes. Edmonds. Get you want to talk I'll about great Chase handcuff? Edmonds. Yes, I'll take please. him standalone. I'll take him even if I don't sure. own him. I'll take him Do as it, a yeah. potential third round, or, you know, back potentially that can get utilized in the passing game in that offense as a late round dart throw. Absolutely. I would argue if you leave your draft with Kenyon Drake, you have to leave with Chase Edmonds. And here's why. Last season, the team put up the third most fantasy points at the running back position. I like Kenyon Drake as well. But guys, just to be honest with you, it it might not matter who's back there. So Mm -hmm. if it's Chase Edmonds, he could, yeah, easily. He could be a top 12 back on any given week. So yes, leave your draft with Kenyon Drake, leave your draft with Chase Edmonds, lock up that backfield. Like it a lot. And normally I don't handcuff, but this is one that I do want to, to handcuff personally. All right, real quick, last offense. Guys, I want some Panthers on my team this year. You know why? Mm. They lost the following yes. names on defense. James Bradbury, their top corner. Luke Keekley, their top linebacker. Mario Addison. Ever. Bruce Irvin. Eric Reed. You know what they did in the draft? They said, our defense is terrible. Let's grab they every did. single defensive player possible. All Seven straight rounds. <laughs> defense. They yep. are going to be bottom three in the league on defense. And you know what else? The volume is going to be insane with this Joe Brady offense. 72 plays per game at LSU. Mm. Would have ranked first in the entire NFL last year. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't have to be Pat Mahomes, guys. He can be a, an average to good quarterback. And DJ Moore is going to eat. Christian McCaffrey, yeah, obviously, is going to eat out of the backfield. Curtis Samuel. Guys, last year we talked about Curtis Samuel a ton. We said buy him in Dynasty. And I am still buying Curtis Samuel because you guys know what? He was 52nd in receiving yards last year. He was ninth in air yards. That means Kyle Allen sucked. If, if Teddy B can just be <laughs> average, Curtis Samuel is going to be much better than ADP right now. So in best balls, target all those guys. And if you're in a quarterback uh, two quarterback league or super flex. Teddy Bridgewater is going basically undrafted. He's going to finish inside the top 20. So you're going to get value in some aspect. You can get him as your QB three and it's absolutely perfect. So get the Panthers on your team. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And, and two. True. <laughs> yes. yes. Derek yes. is holding up. A, a That's all note. I have to freaking DJ say. Brown. DJ, DJ, Moore. DJ Moore, no matter what. I uh, I love it. Also, just quickly to Betts' point about the defense, in case listeners and viewers, you're you're living in the era of a few years ago when the Panthers' defense was great. Everything he just said, comp- compounding on how this defense got worse, they allowed the second most points in the entire foot- National Football League last year. Only the Dolphins were worse. And then they got that much worse. So they're going to be garbage. And it's they going will, to help the offense across the board in fantasy. We've talked about one half of the NFC South. I think John has to put blanket blanket statement. I want all the NFC South offense, all of it. (laughs) I want all of the NFC South offense, all four teams, everybody on them. I want them. Yep, fellas, what a show! Wow, (laughs) so much fun. These are the offenses, guys, that you need to be targeting, listeners, in your drafts. 
outside of the obvious, right? We want the Chiefs, we want the Saints, we want the Ravens, etc. Get these teams because they're way cheaper and the players are going to put up similar value. Get these guys on your roster. Debro, thanks so much, man, for coming out tonight. Um, leaving the streets to come onto the studio here <laughs> with the Red Shirts pod. <laughs> Let the people know uh, where where they can find you in the streets, That's so to speak. Um, and also, for our listeners who don't know you already, just give them a little bit of a rundown about like where you've worked in the past and maybe what's coming for 2020, all that good stuff. Oh man, thank y'all for having me. This was a blast, and I'm never gonna live that down, live that uh-uh. down at all. Thank you, John. Nope. Really appreciate that. Man. I think in your Twitter bio you. should, should change to something about being in the street. <laughs> if we're being honest, permanent li- permanent resident of the streets. Yes, yes. <laughs> hey, you can find me on a Twitter corner at dbro underscore ffb. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm living the free agent life right now. I should have some announcements coming up in the near future mm, about where my content's going to be uh, going forward. But um, yeah, man, follow me on Twitter. Check me out. This was a blast. Uh, thank y'all for having me. This was a lot of fun. We got to do this uh, in the very near future. Uh, really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, absolutely. We will definitely do that. Listeners, be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Make sure if you're watching on Periscope, hit that like button. And be sure to follow Matt Okada at Matt Okada. John is at Dynasty Beard. I am at the Fantasy PT. The show account is at Richards FF Pod. Until next time, we are the Richards. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at Red Shirts FF Pod and check out our website, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com.